Giants fans, thanks for joining me for another episode of Only a Giant. So, this is going to be a kind of a quick intro. I'm not going to do the beer of the episode. We'll do that next time. I actually have a very special guest on the show today. And we had probably about a two-hour conversation about 2016 draft, 2017 draft, and then some re-signing and some free agency stuff. And that was with Murph from Clapback Sports. So, I'm kind of just going to cut right to the interview, and it's kind of a long interview, so I think I'm going to break it up into two different uh, episodes, so it'll be kind of like part A, part B. So yeah, guys, going to jump right into that. Thanks for listening, and here we go. All right, so I have a special guest for the show today, uh, Murph. Welcome to Only a Giant. He is a member of the Clapback Sports team. So welcome, Murph. What's going on, my man, Mikey? It's been a while since we gotten together. Yeah, it has. Bring that Cuse connection back a little bit. <laughs> yep. There's a couple of good Cuse guys in this uh, draft, too, by the way. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll talk about it at some point. Maybe Trill not this Williams. Episode, but yeah. Trill or I think Melifanwu, I think yep. was his name. Uh, Andre Cisco, a safety, which we don't really need, but... Uh... We, we continue to breed those pros up there, but we can't breed any wins. So uh, I guess it'll take what we can get, right? We just got, we just got that, that uh, quarterback transfer. Yep. That might be uh, someone to compete with uh, DeVito. We'll see what Let's happens. Let's hope, man. Yeah. Cuse football's back in the shitter again. <laughs> I'll still support him. I, I love Cuse football, and I'll, I'll always be going to the games when I can. <laughs> Me too, but uh, – I think we're going to talk about our other love of our life today here on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yep. So I guess let's start. I wanted to do, I want to talk about the 2016 draft. I want to talk about the 2017 draft. I think it's a good way to look back and see kind of why we're in the position that we're in right now. We have no depth, you know, we have some talent, but we need a lot of work still. Um, I wanted to look at, let's look at the first, the last five years of our first and second round picks. And I'm assuming you know who they are, but, you know, Andrew, Andrew Thomas this year, Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, DeAndre Baker, Saquon, and then you get into, like, Evan Ingram and Eli Apple. That's our last five years of first-round picks. But then you look at our second-round picks, and you have Xavier McKinney, which I would consider a good pick. Uh, last year, or the year prior, sorry, we didn't have a second-round pick because we traded up. But then you look at Will Hernandez, Delvin Tomlinson, Sterling Shepard. Some of these are like good pieces for the future, but we didn't hit on all of them. Uh, side note, something I wasn't really thinking about talking about, but what, what's going on with Will Hernandez? I don't know, man. I, I, it, it was almost like COVID played a factor in that in a positive way. Yeah. Um, personally, I'm not the biggest big Will fan. I, I like Will. I like his, his tendencies. I like his mean streak that he gives in the running game but I've always kind of felt like it's no coincidence that any left tackle that plays to the left side of Hernandez shits the bed and I'm not an offensive line guru so I can't tell you why that is um but it's almost like the minute we took him out the O-line kind of started yelling um now I will say Lemieux didn't really grade out very well as a lineman but he's a rookie he's gonna have his his tough days um but like Honestly, we're talking about cuts a lot here lately. I would not be shocked if Hernandez is on the cutting block. Hmm. He offers a little bit of savings for us. Um, 
Now the flip side of that is like the Giants. This is the first time in how many years we haven't had any any O line injuries. Mm-hmm. Like as many headaches as we had on the O line this year, we were actually very healthy, and we're normally not healthy on the offensive line. So I'm not really in the business of coding offensive linemen. So Hernandez, I don't know what his deal is, man. Is he a trade candidate? Is he a cut casualty? Is he part of the future of this line? Um, you know, then there's the whole decision on KZ on the right side. So I, I don't know. You know, I think there's a lot of limbo with this offensive line right now, and it, it starts with Will Hernandez and the decision to be made on Kevin Zeitler. I kind of wonder if they know what they have in Will Hernandez, and they wanted to see what they had in Lemieux. And maybe they just wanted to give Lemieux some time, give him some burn, and, and see if, if he's part of the future, and then, you know, roll into next year with Will Hernandez at left and – and maybe Lemieux at right or something. I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's a very, very weird situation. If we I'm did. A, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm a big proponent of not letting Kevin Zeitler go. Are you? Okay. Um, he's our most consistent piece of the O-line. I mean, I know Nick Gates played out of his mind last year, but Kevin Zeitler's our vet. We traded for him. I know he's a big cap hit and, I would like to see them actually extend him so we can push some of his money down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, we need the savings and we need the consistency on the line. Yeah. Yeah. It's great having Lemieux and, and Hernandez, but just like you and I both know, we're not professionals, but we both know that they might not be the the keys to that, yeah. that those positions right there. Um, and also KZ would provide a little veteran presence for the rest of them guys. You know, we're going to lose Fleming. Fleming's gone. Um, We have a very, very young O-line. No idea what's going to happen at the right tackle spot. Um, My partner on Clotback Sports, Mage, thinks that the Jonathan Harrison signing is actually going to play a role in the competition on the line. You know, we could see Nick Gates bounce back out to right tackle this year. Um, I think there's a lot of you know, Joe Judge loves to preach cross-training. So I think there's a lot of movement that could be made on this line. But I'm just a huge proponent of not letting any of these guys go. Um, we need that depth. We need the consistency there. And uh, the elephant in the room is really Nate Solder. And I think what a lot of fans don't realize is Nate Solder is a direct correlation of Jerry Reese completely ignoring the O-line for years. We had to go sign the best offensive lineman on the the market. Here we are in 2020, COVID happened, Nate sat out. We can't get out of this deal, man. We owe Nate all the money. So what's the point of getting rid of the man? Literally the only benefit for us right now is we would need Nate to take a restructure similar to what Drew Brees took with the Saints if he's going to retire, if not, we owe him all that cash. And that's our fault. I mean, I'm a big Dave Gettleman fan, but I'll probably be the first to say, I honestly think the way Nate Solder has been handled has been Dave Gettleman's biggest problem. The restructure is killing us. We need that money right now. And this is just kind of where the ball falls. Do you think that he could come in and compete at, the right tackle spot. He he was the right tackle when he first got to the Patriots, I believe. I mean, I, I, again, I'm I'm a huge proponent of bringing him in to camp and letting him go. Um, yeah. Joe Judge has the um, the the history with him, so he knows him. He's played under him in, in New England. So, 
I think he can come in and challenge that spot. Again, we don't have a right tackle right now, so why not? You know? Yeah, I think it would be a good idea to let him compete with Pert. I don't know what Pert is. We don't have any idea, really. You know, he showed some promise, but he showed some bumps, too. Pert's a big man. He can move some some weight. He's he's a massive frame, but it's just so limited of what we saw from him, and I just don't know that going into – the season with an O-line of Andrew Thomas, Lemieux slash Hernandez, Gates, Zeitler, and Pert is the way to go. I mean, look, Joe Judge has shown us that he has no problem bringing competition into this roster, so I expect the same thing on this O-line. It's obvious that Joe Judge knows there's a problem on the O-line. We're on our third coach, um, which, by the way, I think is a great hire. Joe Judge connections there coached at um, Alabama under Saban a little bit, runs a very ground and pound heavy offense down in Louisiana. Um, Actually, a matter of fact, both of the running backs that were playing under him are going to be in the draft this upcoming year. So uh, I think it's the style of football that Joe Joe Judge wants to play. He wants to run the rock. He wants to pound the ball. As much as we want to see Danny sling the ball, this this is going to be a run heavy offense, and it all starts up front with the other line. I'm excited about that. I know we're in a very like pass happy league right now. Things always kind of trend one way and then, and then kind of trend the other way. I, I kind of wonder if at some point here in the next three, four or five years, if we're going to get back into kind of that ground and pound offense again. Well, I mean, you look at, look around the league. Yeah. You got the chiefs, you got the books. Obviously they, they like to air it out. The books like to run the ball. Um, the Titans love to run the ball. It's a playoff team. The, and, and you know what? We can't we can't ignore the Browns anymore, man. The Browns are, are a good damn football team, and that ground and pound worked for them all year long. Um, it's a similar situation with Baker that we had with Danny. You know, they both had great rookie seasons, um, took a step back their sophomore year, and then we saw Baker take off his third year because he's doing less. They're keeping the ball out of his hands. They're running the ball. They're getting him in play action. Um, you know, I think if we can kind of treat Danny the same way as that, I think we can get the most out of Daniel. The problem is, is, is our damn offensive coordinator, but um, yeah. that's a whole other story. <laughs> and I know you wanted to talk a little kitchens today. Um, you know, something I've been really adamant about this offseason was getting a passing game coordinator. Um, but I think that was kind of our passing game coordinator hire yesterday when they promoted kitchens. Yeah, so it definitely seems like he's going to be a little bit more involved with the pre-planning um, and definitely in the, the passing game. The one game that he was our offensive coordinator, I I listened to a lot of other podcasts and some kind of seemed to think the offense didn't really look different. I thought it did look different. I I thought I saw a lot more creativity, a little bit uh, more usage with the tight ends. To me, it looked better, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, Colt Colt was playing that game, right? So I think it's kind of hard for some fans to see a difference when your backup quarterback's in. Um, if Danny had played that game, I think we would have seen it, seen fans realize that it was a totally different offense. I thought I mean, so too. Yeah. I mean, know, I mean, it's tough with Colt, but yeah, I mean, we played fun on the offensive side of the ball versus Cleveland. We lost that game because Baker tore us apart. Yeah. Um, remember Yadam had a, Yadam had a bad game. Um, we were missing Bradbury that game and Baker just, Baker went to work. I mean, I, people hate Baker, but like, I mean, the, the dude, had a good game against us. Um, so from a kitchen standpoint, it's really hard for us to see that until we see Daniel Jones kind of 
under the under kitchen's wing you know yeah. um kitchens went back to his normal role when danny came back and took snaps the next yep. week so uh you know it, it's it's no it's no secret that our offense sucks you know <laughs> um there's joe judge isn't stupid he knows he he knows that, that there needs to be change there and it all starts with jason garrett and danny and Look, you got that Danny jersey on right now. I love Danny more than anything. I want Danny to work out more than anything. But I'll tell you right now, man, week eight, Danny's still showing us the same issues he's having. I'm the biggest Danny Jones fan there is, but it might be time to move on. You know, I've always kind of compared Danny to Sam Darnold. Um, Sam Darnold, year three, just didn't look the part. He had a really shitty situation with Adam Gase there, but – I've yeah, always said, too. you know, if Danny's where Darnold was year three, it might be time for a change of scenery. Yeah. Two things. Um, with the Cleveland offense, they, they ran a three tight end set a lot, and they actually had three competent tight ends. I think that's something that we're missing. You know, obviously, Engram, we'll talk about that a little bit more at a different time um, or a little bit later in this episode, I should say. But we do – Caden Smith is okay. Levine Taiolo gone. Like if we, I think we need more tight ends, better tight ends. Yeah, I think they were hoping Toyolo was going to come in and be a little bit more physical. They didn't use him as much. Mm-hmm. You know, going into this last year when they signed Toyolo, I was under the impression that they were going to send some help to our tackles, which Pat Shermer never did in the in the running game. And our running game was better. I mean, you know, Wayne Gallman moved the ball. Jason Garrett, got to give him credit where credit's due. Our running game got better, for yeah. sure. Um, you, you saw old man Alfred Morris out there pounding the rock. I mean, looks good, too, for, for the ball. Yeah, I mean, we haven't been able to run the ball like that in a long time. So, if you want to take a positive from 20, um, 2020, it's, it's, it's definitely the running game. But I would love new tight ends. I'm not an Evan Ingram guy. Um, I like Caden. I think Caden – can do what we need Caden to do. He can block. He's 6'5". He's cheap as hell. Mm-hmm. He can catch the ball. We need more Caden Smiths and less Evan Ingrams. What do you um, think Caden Smith's role should be in this offense? Do you think he's a one? Do you think he's a two? I want Caden Smith to be the one entering yeah. this year. I know I'm delusional. I know the Giants love Evan Ingram, and I know Evan Ingram's going nowhere. But I want Evan Ingram gone. He's easy caps, uh, cap savings. You get about six mil cap. And look, dude, we're in penny pincher mode. Like, we got no money, and we need talent now. We're going to have to get creative on the books. And, you know, I know Evan Ingram is a John Mara favorite, and I'm beginning to think that he's a now a Joe Judge favorite. But does he have a future here, dude? Are we re-signing him? Because if we're not, it's time to trade him or cut him. Let's be real. I know, I know nobody wants to see him go turn into an all-pro tight end in New England, but – I'm over it, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I got on to talk about 2016 draft, <laughs> and Ingram got drafted in 2017, and here we are in 2021, and we're still frustrated with the man. Yeah. I got no ill will towards him. I think he's a really good guy. I know he wins um, what they call it, media player of the year every year. The media loves him, and the Giants love that kind of stuff. But, you know, I dread the day where we're in the fourth quarter of a playoff game and Evan Ingram's being thrown a pass. I just dread that day, man. Anytime you throw to him, it's scary. Hey, man. He he led the team in drops, and he really crushed us in some key situations this year, and I'm sick of it. I mean, you you can't force it. 
not only the drops, but you look at, I, I think I remember counting six uh, tip passes that turned into inter- interceptions or fumbles or, you know, some type of turnover play. And, man, you just can't have that. That, that kills you. I think I saw something like 60% of Daniel's interceptions, Evan Ingram was involved Involved in. Yeah. Um, look, I want the guy to, like, turn it around. I know he, he's got the talent, but, like, how much long – how long have we ever seen a giant get this many chances, mm-hmm. you know? Between injuries, play on the field, drops, I mean, like, how much longer can this go on? Maybe they just figure they're just going to run his contract out and get out of it. But, like, to me, that's just bad bad cat management, yeah. especially right now when we could be using that six mil event against uh, either Leonard Williams or Allen Robinson. If, if we look to trade him, what do you think – compensation is i mean i i wouldn't see more than like a fourth or fifth at best i think you'd be lucky to get a third and then fourth or fifth um they should have let him go at the deadline man but since our division sucks so bad and we are in the playoff race they didn't want to let him go yep and it is what it is but um you know we got to get danny some playmakers and we do and we, we got none right now. Um, our most consistent piece of the offense is Sterling Shepard. And, I mean, Shep's great and all, but he's he's a compliment piece. Mm-hmm. He's a slot guy. I mean, I, he shouldn't be outside. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, look, Shep can do it all. He, he certainly can. The numbers are there that he could do it outside. Um, but we don't, we don't necessarily want that. You know, I, I like to say all the time, don't fucking cut Sterling Shepard because that dude gives 110% every single play. We've literally ruined his career, making him like play out of position every other week mm-hmm. and then forcing him back into games with head injuries and stuff. I don't care. Shepard can get every single dollar on his contract. The man is a giant for life. I agree. Um, people want to talk about an easy cap savings. You can cut Evan Ingram. We're not cutting she- Sterling Shepard. I, I mean, agree. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, Let's talk 2016 a little bit. Now, All man. right. So 2016 draft, Giants had the 10th pick in the first round. Um, I mean, kind of quarterback heavy to start. Goff went, Bosa went. My my kind of pipe dream in this draft was Jalen Ramsey. I don't know if you liked him or not, but that's – I knew it was going to happen, but I, I just – I would have loved some way for that to end up um, being drafted by the Giants. Didn't happen. <laughs> so – Remind me, this is going back a little bit. Did we had Janoris on the roster already? Um, right. He, I think we signed him this season. So yes. Was this yep. right after DRC was gone? Yeah. So it was this was to replace? Yep. DRC. So we were lacking a corner here. Twenty seventeen is when we had our you know pretty good year. So yeah, it was the following year. Yeah. Okay, what, that's right. Yeah, because we made the playoffs and. Did we make the playoffs this year? Yeah, uh, we made the playoffs this year. After this draft. After this draft, yep. So, DRC was kind of on his last leg. We were hurting in the secondary. We had Landon. Did we have Landon? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, our, our secondary was hurt, and we had the pass rush at this time. So, um, you know, looking back on this, though, man, I know we needed a corner, but it just kills me. Seeing Jack Conklin go a couple picks before us. Yep. And then, you know, Mr. Laramie Tunsil fell because of his bong rip situation. Um, 
This one hurts, dude, because we could really use a Laramie Tunsil right now. And the Giants sometimes have too much pride to take uh, adversity guys in the first round, even though they took the Andre Baker. Um, <laughs> it just kills me that it's 2021. There's OTs in this, this both the 2016 and the 17 draft that we had in our reach, and we're still looking for an OT. Yep. So we it, took it, it hurts. We we took Eli Apple with the tenth pick. Uh, what are your thoughts on the pick? I mean, if you were to grade it, what would you give it? I remember at the time I was real upset. Um, Eli Apple was like a fringe first rounder at the time. Um, you know, I, I was thinking they were going to go Vernon Hargraves, who ended up being kind of a bust as well. The next um, pick but, too. Huh? The next pick too. He went to Tampa right after. So this is that draft that Chicago ended up jumping us. Mm-hmm. It took Leonard Floyd. And – I'm pretty sure we were going to take Leonard Floyd. I agree. Because that's what the Giants do in the first round. They take the BPA, they take the pass rusher, and he was certainly the BPA at the time. And we got jumped at that last moment, and it seemed like Jerry just panicked and took took Eli Apple. It's like Um, he didn't know what to do. It's like he got jumped, and he's like, oh, shit. Who am I drafting? I just know that we were all kind of confused, especially because Hargraves went right after it. Granted, they both started being, ended up being busts. Yeah. Um, but then you got Taylor Decker. I mean, Taylor Decker is not a stout tackle of any sorts, but he's been a tackle in the NFL for a while now. I mean, we could have taken him too. So, yep. you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but um, we didn't need Eli Apple at that time. I agree. Some other names. You know, our pass rush was there, and when you have a pass rush – you don't necessarily need elite corners. And we already had Janoris out there. Yep. Some other names that were available, Sheldon Rankins, who's actually a free agent this year, Will Fuller, obviously Taylor Decker, um, Jalen Smith. You know, I love Jalen Smith coming out of Notre Dame. That was the year that he got injured in the, in the championship game. I don't like him now. I can't stand him. But that was someone I, I wanted to be a giant, but I just knew at that pick probably wasn't an option. Well, he was a reach for them then too. Remember, you know, because he had to sit out that whole year. Yep. So they they took a they took a a risk, and it worked out for them there. I mean, I didn't think the Giants would would take that risk, and I don't think anybody was going to take that risk at thirty four. No. But that worked out pretty good in their favor. But now flip side is twenty twenty one's here, and they're having cap problems. And Jalen Smith's one of those guys that's at the top of their list. Shit, I'd love Jalen Smith to come over to New York. I would. I would, but I, I just can't stand his attitude and how he plays the game. I mean, that last Dallas uh, Giants game, like he's just acting a fool the whole game. I tell you. That's fair. <laughs> it doesn't well, mean he's not a good player. And I mean, if he came over to the Giants, I would be on board. But, oh, yeah. But, well, uh, and we, uh, you know, we've, we've kind of figured our linebacker situation out since. Yeah, I agree. Now, I will say in this draft, though, man, like another team that shit the bed in this first round, the Washington Redskins. Josh Doxson at 22. Yep. And then we were gifted with Shep at 40. So, again, Sterling Shepard returns. You know, we we got a, a gem in the second round. He ended up being one of the best receivers from this draft, and uh, he's still making plays for us today. Yeah. So, uh, I love Shep, man. I, I got I got no ill will with Shep. That was, this is probably one of be- Jerry Reese's better draft picks, and – one of his last ones on the roster, right? Yeah. Yep. 
Shep, I love Shep. I, I just, I, I think we can't just have him be the only receiver on this team. He needs help and we need depth at the receiver position. You know, he does get hurt. You know, he has some injury issues and we need some players to be able to step in and, and play, you know, if, if he's down or, or, you know, he needs some help at tight end, he needs some help up at other places. So I like him a lot. We just need help. We just need more receivers. What's your thoughts on Darius Slayton since we're talking receivers? I had high hopes for him. You know, I, I thought that he could come in and prove to be a number one. He's not, though. You know, he's, he's a two. And I think that he's someone that can compete to be our number two this year. But he needs some competition. He needs someone to show him how to be a receiver on the outside. He needs, he needs help. Yeah, I mean, like Ingram, he was one of our, our guys that was very heavy in drops this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but people forget Darius is a fifth-round pick for a reason. He had a drop problem in college. Um, we hit in the fifth round on a guy that's able to get on the field and be a starter. Um, but, you know, I think we all kind of think of him as something he's not. Um, we hold him to a higher standard because he slots into that wide receiver one position. But at the end of the day, he was a fifth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um he has his issues. You know, I like Slayton. I think he's a burner. I think him and Daniel have that good connection. My problem with Slayton is um, when he sees elite corners, he ghosts, and we don't see anything from him. We yeah. won't hear from him for the whole afternoon. Um, granted, he was hurt this last year. He played pretty much half the season hurt. But even prior to being hurt, you know, he's a guy that's he's, – he's just not an alpha receiver. He's not going to take on Marcus Lattimore's and um, beat them consistently. So – He's a nice piece for us, but I, I like him more as a number three, to be honest with you. And when I say a three, not necessarily a, th- a slot, but someone who's going to take off the top of the slate safety and burn you over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just not our number one guy. He's just yeah, not. I and I think he has a place here, but he's going to have to earn it going forward. Yep. Um, we, we have got to get Danny that number one target. A little off topic, but who do you, who do you want to be his number one target? You know, I, I keep living, dying, buying the um, the Dave Gettleman slogan, no guts, no glory, man. We got to go go for it now. Saquon's on his rookie year. Danny's on his rookie year. It's time for him, Kevin Abrams and Dave Gettleman to get the books right. And I want Allen Robinson, man. I, yeah. I, you know, I know it's cliche because he's the top of the market, but I want to go for this now. You know, I'm, I'm sick of this building this, building that. I know it's gotten frustrating, but like we have to take advantage of this window before we have to pay Saquon and Danny. Yep. I agree. Sa- paying Saquon is a whole nother story. I don't even want to get into that today, but <laughs> paying Danny is really what it really comes down to. He's the quarterback. Yep. Um, we got to take advantage of this. Now we got to take advantage of this defense. Now um, let's go for it, dude. Okay. I want a Kenny Galladay and I want an Allen Robinson, but I'm going to back up and give you my like more realistic, approach i think both those guys are going to end up getting tagged and i really don't want to overspend on a chris godwin curtis samuel i'm indifferent on Corey davis he's i know he's, a, he's your guy yeah, that's who i want i mean i, I, love I don't Robinson. dislike him um he's a big tall receiver he's going to go up and get the ball for danny my only my only take back with him is he really didn't show up until A.J. Brown got there. But on the flip side of that, 
the Titans really just kind of started throwing the ball. Yeah. So I'll take a I'll take a um a risk on Corey, but let me I'm gonna throw this back at you. What are you gonna pay Corey? I mean, I think he's gonna get less than Allen Robinson. I think he's gonna get less than probably Curtis Samuel. I mean, I don't know. I you know, I don't know what, what the contract's gonna look like, but I think he's cheaper than some other options. I think he's cheaper than Kenny Galladay. Um yeah. I mean, my, my whole thing with Corey Davis, and I, I'm sorry I'm getting a little off track here. No, you're good. This is good content. So Mar- he had Mariota as, as his quarterback. And I'm sorry, he's a backup. He's not a starter. Maybe Washington go, goes and gets him, and, and he plays for them for a little bit. I don't know. But Corey Davis had, you know, Mariota, who just couldn't get, get him the ball. Then when Tannehill gets there, they have A.J. Brown, and he kind of comes in and, and steps up as the number one but they're in a run heavy offense. Even this year, he almost had a thousand yards. He had 984 yards as opposed to AJ Brown, who had 1,075. But then you're also in an offense where Derek Henry's running for 2000 yards. So it's like, what are you really asking him to do? Yep. And I just think, you know, he's six, three, he's 26. He's young. That would be someone that I wouldn't mind putting a little bit of money into a three or four year deal, maybe three years and see what we have, because he's never, been in an offense on his own at least i think that will focus on getting him the ball well and, and and essentially you know i think joe judge wants to kind of mimic the cleveland and and tennessee offenses too mm-hmm. you know the tennessee guys are new england guys right they want to grab ground and pound offense mm-hmm. so Corey davis is used to that kind of offense he doesn't seem like a guy who's gonna like need the ball all the time you know, he's the man, the ball, like Allen Robinson, I'm telling you right now, like we're probably not going to get Allen Robinson because Allen Robinson doesn't want to lose anymore. He wants to play with an elite quarterback. As much as I love Danny, you can't really like, you can't really that. say it's much different than Trubisky right now. Really? Let's be real. <laughs> yep. Um, so I think Allen Robinson is probably far fetched for us. I think he wants to, I, I personally think he wants to team up with, with Watson. Um, and he's a guy that's going to want the ball. You're going to have to give him the ball. Corey Davis, you know, he might be a guy that's that's okay blocking in the run game. And he's a good um, blocker, too. Yeah, he's a good blocker. You know, my thing with Corey is, like, what are we going to pay him? You know, I, I like to use Sterling Shepard as a perfect example. If Sterling Shepard had hit the open market when he signed his contract, the dude was going to get mad over pay. Mm-hmm. Sterling contracts – or Sterling's contract is perfect. Yeah, it's manageable. I don't want to give Corey more than like 13. Like, first of all, we're broke. Second of all, I just don't want to invest a lot in a wide receiver unless it's Allen Robinson. Um, but I think that, you know, you overpay in free agency every single time. So that's part of the game. Um, you know, look, judging back at last year's free agency, everybody wanted Corey Littleton at middle, middle linebacker and they wanted Deion Jones at, at cornerback. Well, we went down a tier and we got two guys that played better than both the first tier guys. So yeah. it won't surprise me to see the Giants bargain shopping for guys like Josh Reynolds, a Will Fuller maybe that they can take a one-year deal on, um, a Rashard Higgins. But, you know, we got to get this, this cap situation taken care of before we can do anything. And I really think the Giants' priorities right now are re-signing Leo. I don't think that we're going to see anything happen until there's a decision on Leo. And if Leo hits the open market, we're probably not getting him back. What do you think Leo is going to get a year? I don't know, man. 
maybe I'm being a delusional Giants fan, but something feels different with this defense. And it all starts with Patrick Graham. Patrick Graham signing that extension feels different to me, man. Mm -hmm. Joe Judge and him have this connection that just feels different than anything that we've had before. It finally feels like these players want to play for this coach. Um, You know, Leo wasn't anyone until Patrick Graham and Coach Chaos got here. So he owes it to them a little bit, right? Like, let's, let's be real. He owes them a little bit for unlocking his potential. So, I don't think it's really far-fetched to see Leo and Dalvin sign for a little bit less to to keep this unit together. I will say I think Dalvin's the odd man out here because we have pieces that we can move around to replace him. Um, Something feels different to me with this team, man. Maybe I'm delusional, but, like, this coaching staff and these players, it feels like something's building here. Um, But at the end of the day, money talks, and we know Leo can get that money. Yeah. Um, and teams love to overpay for guys that had a contract year. So I think our biggest competitor right now versus Leo is free agency. Mm-hmm. Got to wrap it up before he hits the market. I mean, I think it's a lost cause if he hits the market. We can't pay him 20 mil. We just can't. And overpaying in free agency is such a, such a bad way to build a team. And that's kind of why we're where we are, you know. <laughs> we paid a lot of guys, man. And, yep. you know, I know the hot topic here as of lately was JPP because he just won the Super Bowl. And it's just what happens when you have all the contracts on the book and you go through all these management changes and, you know, scheme changes. At the time you know, I, I know the Bucks run a 3-4 defense, but – you can't tell me JPP drops into coverage. It just doesn't happen. No. And he wasn't going to do that in Betcher's scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, it sucks. It sucks to see guys get traded away for third-round picks and then win Super Bowls and completely light the world on fire. But um, it's kind of where we're at. That's what happens when when uh, things kind of go downhill. And, look, it's 2021, and we're just getting out of cap hell. I mean, from JPP, Vernon, Odell, all those bad contracts, you know, contracts will, uh, will screw you in the long run. That's, there's no joke about that. Just us. Look at Nate Solder's contract. Still biting us. Yeah. It's going to for another, at least another year, probably, I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, we owe him that money, man. So, uh, him, him opting out kind of really hurt the giants. That's why I know he has his issues with his child. I know it's all about, um, health and safety and stuff, but like, I'm hoping that he cuts us a little bit of slack. I agree. Um, whether that's if he comes back or leaves, you know, and, and from his comments and his, his interviews as of lately, it does seem like he feels like he let the team down and there's no reason for him to feel like that COVID's COVID. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's, let's hope that he works with us. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope because that's a big cap hit, man. And it, it sucks because like, we're in position to spend. We're in in position to compete, but like we can't spend. They'll work something out. I I have, I have faith in that. I think. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's a lot of cut candidates, man. A yeah. lot of cut candidates. There's a there's a lot of ways for them to to clean up some space here. Um, they just gotta be smart about it. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit here. Um, yep, we'll get back into the draft. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. So obviously. You went Eli Apple, we went Sterling Shepard in the first two picks. Uh, some other options that I had written down for Sterling Shepard, not that I, I would change the pick, but Derrick Henry went 
not too far after that. Michael Thomas went not too far after that. Deion Jones, the linebacker for Atlanta, went a couple picks later too. Just some other options. Uh, but I'm completely fine with the Sterling Shepard pick. He's a stud for us. We, we need him. Let's see. And our, our good friend James Bradbury went about 22 picks later. Oh, yeah. I didn't even see that one on there. So, no, I mean, we needed to watch receiver at the time, yeah. too. And, and Chef came in and played real damn good as a rookie, a rough too. too yep. I mean, Chef's been, Chef's been a solid receiver. He's not going to he's not gonna put up all pro numbers, but the man's consistent. And he's been – I have my story with Golden Tate, but Sterling Shepard and Tate have been phenomenal for Danny's development in 2019. 2020 is a different story, different coach. But um, – I, I love Shep, dude. I do not want Shep going anywhere. I don't think he's going to go anywhere, but I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, you know, someone else I would have liked to possibly, it's funny, Austin Johnson. He's on our team too. He went three picks later. Miles um, Jack was, was obviously a hot name here too. He went a couple picks before us. Um, second, I think, right? Yeah, he went 36. Shep went 40. Miles yeah, Jack, I, I think I Shep was him. the right pick there. I, I really do. I, I do. do too. I do too. Uh, third that round doesn't happen very much with us. <laughs> no, it does not. Third round, we took Darian Thompson, safety out of Boise State, who played for Dallas. I mean, he's really done nothing for us. You know, he had he had that short period of time where we thought that he was going to be the guy at safety, mm-hmm. and then he got hurt. And then he got hurt, and then next year it was like, all right, let's get back into it, and he just never anything yeah him and him and landed just didn't work out together as a pairing do you think um, it was a do you think it was a fit like he just didn't fit in this defense that we had at the time with spagnolo or i think wasn't it the injuries that really kind of took it away from him that's what i, I thought he, too he just yeah. he had the the opportunity he just got hurt mm-hmm. and then we just moved on we probably shouldn't have moved on from him either man i think it was more of like cleaning house and just getting out with the old and in with the new, you know, again, we, we did change schemes too. Yep. So, you know, I don't, I don't know how Darian Thompson fits into a three, four. Um, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure with that, but I mean, I got to think he'd fit better than Antoine Bethay, but yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> but here's the thing, man. Like every time we change coaches, fans forget that all loyalty goes out the window. Agreed. So it doesn't matter if he played for the previous guy. It really doesn't. It's the same thing with Joe Judge. We're going to see it this offseason too. Joe gave everybody a chance last year, and some people aren't going to make the cut this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the nature of the business. At the end of the day, this is business. Um, it is funny, though, because the, the more I go down this draft list from 2016, the more I realize how many players we have on our roster. Kyle Fackrell, yep. he went 88. Um so everything comes full circle, right? Yep. Some other That's another guy. Too. I need Kyle Fackrell back next year. I, I agree 100%. He needs to come back. Even if it's just like a rotation role um, to provide some depth, I don't care. But he, he needs to come back. BJ Goodson, another guy, man. Like a guy that got all the opportunity in the world with us and injuries kept him off the field. He goes to Green Bay, plays okay, and now he's a starting linebacker in Cleveland. I mean, I'm not sweating it over him. He's a thumping linebacker, straight downhill guy, but we it's not like we didn't give these guys chances, right? right. Him um, too. I, changing to like a 3-4 or whatever Betcher was running, I, he didn't 
fit at that point, I think. But yep. I loved the I loved the pick at the time. I was super super happy about that. Damn, I didn't realize Blake Martinez was in this draft too. Yep. Blake went after Fackrell. Yep. Cool story. Fackrell and Blake came in the league together. They're 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 really good friends. Um, they were roommates as rookies. Obviously played for PG in in, in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And now they're back in in New York together. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that Blake connection helps with some free agency. I hope so too. Yeah. Um, because Thackrell came to New York because of Blake. People don't really realize that because he's not a, a big name, but he came with Blake. They're yeah. they're they're attached at the hip. So I'm hoping that uh helps us on the free agency market this year. I mean, Thackrell outplayed his contract, in my opinion. I agree, and I think I, I'm thinking Judge is building something here. So I, I think players are going to be more open to coming to play with the Giants. Whereas in the, in the past, you know, with Shermer and a lot of Gettleman hate, it seemed like maybe that was affecting it a little bit. But now it feels like we're building something. I think players are going to want to come play with Judge, with Patrick Graham, you know, who's a genius. Yep. This is his dream job, he said, too. So I really hope that he sticks with the Giants for a while. Yeah. Again, that extension, man, I mean – strange but it's there's there's some something deep building here man there really is like this is the first time i feel like we have a very dynamic coaching staff i mean dude just with jeremy Pruitt getting fired at tennessee joe judge hired him within like an hour and he was going to go to the jets and joe judge said absolutely not you're coming to work for me because he knew him do we know what 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 his role is going to be yet i haven't heard that from what I'm reading, he's going to be like a defensive assistant. I'm guessing he's probably going to take over the edge for Blima. But I also was reading that the inside linebackers coach might move out to the edge. So, again, Joe Judge doesn't need these guys to have titles. He just wants them to be teachers. Right. Um, it goes a long way, man. And, like, Judge is all over this coaching thing. Like, I've never seen a coach from both a waiver wire and coacher wa- coach's waiver wire make so many moves. Like, I don't know about you, but talking about player waiver wire, did you notice that, like, this whole year it felt like Joe had his hands all over every white waiver wire? I did feel like that, yeah. We never play the waiver wire. An interesting thing that I've, I've talked about a little bit before, what are your thoughts on R.J. McIntosh? I know, off topic again. It just seems weird to me that we protected him uh, on the practice squad a couple of times so that teams can't sign him. I feel like like we don't just do that just to do that. So what's going on there? Do you think anything or just you well, had you to use it? I, I really think that is. Dalvin? That's, that's um, insurance for if we lose Leo or oh, okay. not Leo, Dalvin. Dalvin. Yeah. Because here's what's going to happen. If we re-sign Leo, Dexter's going to move to the middle. And then you're going to have a rotation on the other side of probably a BJ Hill and an RJ McIntosh. Okay. And honestly, is that that bad? No, I'm fine with it. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm ready to give BJ Hill that shot if we have to. Um, I guess they, you know, Dave likes his, his, his guys on the line. And, uh, you know, something I noticed with it's, it's cool that you bring this up because I'm going to tie something else into Joe protecting guys on the waiver wire. Every single week, he protected that punter and kicker, that who was a hybrid Santosi. guy. Yeah, yeah, Santos, Santoso or something, Ryan Santoso. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's genius, man. You know why he did that? For if Dixon 
or Gano got COVID because he knew he could sign Santos to play a kicker or punter yeah. on whatever whatever happened. He and doesn't miss like, details. He's got like the most minor detail. He is on top of that shit. The man is a genius, man. I mean, I hate to to compare him to Parcells and in, in in Belichick, but you can tell he's cut from that cloth, that saving cloth as well. Um, the man's not stupid. He's a genius, and mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he was a kindergarten teacher first, right? So, uh, I think uh, there there's something to be said about when he says he wants to hire people that are going to teach. Yeah. Um, it's the first time in a long time I felt really good about our coaching staff. That's for sure. The whole I love, thing. I love Coughlin, but he was kind of up and down. But ever since Coughlin, I haven't really liked anyone on our staff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, me too. Um, everything else, everything else has been kind of like a reach, mm-hmm. and Joe was a reach too, man. I mean, like all of us were like, "What the hell? Who's Joe Judge?" Um, but I thank Bill Belichick for that phone call with John Mara because John Mara can't make any decisions by himself. We all know that. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Bill Belichick, for sending Joe Judge to us because yes. it finally feels like we have a vision here, with the exception of Jason Garrett. <laughs> I don't like Garrett. It's it's so tough though, and, and I understand the idea of wanting to have some continuity for Daniel Jones, and you know, give Garrett a chance with some weapons. But man, I just hope he's on a short leash. I hope you know if we're you know three weeks in, four weeks in, and we're have you know one of the worst offenses in the league. I hope we cut bait and you let Kitchen stick over, or this offensive line guy you know, take, take a shot, something. I just hope he's on a short leash. I really do. It's the ever going marrow way, man. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us love to talk about how it was a forced hire and it was, I mean, it, it really was. It's a marrow hire. Um, Mara's good friends with his father. Yep. You know, his father was a, a big high school coach in the East Rutherford area. He's a legend in the area. Um, Mara drafted Garrett. Um, it, it's a favorite thing. And, you know, I, I, I really think Garrett wants to be a head coach again. I, I personally see Garrett probably taking a head coaching job in the um, in college ranks eventually. But the Giants don't want to pay Garrett's salary, so they're not going to fire him. Yeah, um, They fire him, they owe him his whole salary. They would prefer someone come in and hire him away um, or just run his contract out. I don't know how long his contract is, but um, – I'm not sure. You know. I mean, to your point on that, I think they're still paying uh, Pat Shermer, and they might still be paying uh, McAdoo. I'm pretty sure they both had five-year deals. Yeah, one might have been so. four, one was five. So, yes, you know. They, so, to your point right there, they don't want to pay another coach. <clears throat> you know, I think the, the coaching, there's like a, there's a whole different bank account for the coaching staff, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's public – information so we have no idea like what they're looking at as far as what how much money they have on the coaching side of things so i mean people do forget this is a business it's easier to just say like fire garrett but you fire garrett his contract's guaranteed so that's money out of john maris pocket um they would prefer someone come in and and hire him away but um this is what we got dude this is what we got And, and you know just like daniel jason's gotta be better this year um, it sucks, but can't bitch about it because it's not going away, right? 
you know, I, I, I still think we showed some fight, some sparks at the end of the year, you know, it showed maybe there's, there's some reason for being optimistic. I mean, we get Saquon back, we get some weapons and just got to hope. Yeah. Gotta hope and, hope. and you know what? Um, you look back at Garrett's days in Dallas, always had an alpha receiver. Mm-hmm. Des Bryant, he made Miles Austin. Um, you know, they had now, well, then he had Amari Cooper at the end. So he's always had that number one guy for mm-hmm. his quarterback to throw to. And what I saw at the beginning of this year was he was trying to make his number one guy, Evan Ingram. And it just wasn't working for us. Backfired. You can't make. He was trying to do what he did with Jason Witt and with Evan Ingram. It's not the same player. Nope. You've got a better off chance of making Caden Smith a Jason Witten than an Evan Ingram. I'd and we that. saw that kind of go away after the first five weeks. You know, the ball was being force-fed to Ingram, and then Danny started spreading it a little bit more at the in the second half of the year. Yeah. Um, but all in all, you know, I got no problem with the ground-and-pound offense that Jason's established here. we got to get the ball vertical. Yep. And hopefully Saquon will help that. I would think nobody, nobody is scared of Wayne Gallman. You want to talk about him a little bit? Yeah, Gallman's gone, I think. Yeah, let's talk about him. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, I love Wayne Gallman. I I liked that draft pick, actually, at the time because we we didn't have an identity at running back. Um, He's come in and done everything we've kind of asked of him, but let's not forget he was, like, one of the last guys to make the roster, and the only reason he made the roster was because he went off in that scrimmage. Mm -hmm. Thank God he did because we needed him. (laughs) But – at the end of the day, Gallman's not a great compliment for Saquon. He's they kind of play the same. I mean, I love Saquon, but the man is a, is a power back. He plays like a finesse back, and that's fine. If that's how he's going to play, then we need a thumper back. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I want to bring back Alfred Morris, man. I really do. Like, cheap. He knows the system. He's smart. Um, he's a better compliment than Gallman. Now, Gallman on the free agent side, you know, at first I thought he was going to get paid. But I'm not seeing a lot of running back interest out there, so I'm really wondering what he's going to get out there. I think he's, if he's willing to, to sign a one-year deal. I mean, maybe he could be back. But my thing with him is like Gallman doesn't get on the field when Saquon's around. Mm-hmm. So what's the point? You know, we need the money right now. I'd rather just draft a guy late and replace Gallman. Um, thank you for what you did this year, Gallman. I'm glad. I and mean, hopefully that that pays off in his contract negotiations. But I just don't – I don't see a place here for him. I, I, I need a power one. back, man. I need a power back. That's why I wanted to draft A.J. Dillon last year, and I can't believe he went so early. You know, I was thinking, you know, fourth, fifth round, and he went in the second to Green Bay. Well, and, you know, I think another a perfect example of A.J. Dillon in this year's draft is Trey Sermon out of Ohio State. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think he's going to fall to the fourth, fifth round. It's going to be the same story as it was with A.J. Dillon. He's probably going to go, like, third round. That injury might help, but, um, you know, I don't know that we'll have our hands on him either. You know, we're going to probably be looking at a, a sixth, seventh round back probably. Yeah, you know? I agree. We got, uh, Deion Lewis can go too. He can get the hell out. Yeah, I can't stand him, man. <laughs> uh, and we he's continue to give him the ball in the kick game. Yep. I don't get it. Nope, um. I mean, I tell Maj and, and Tino on our pod all the time, like, you could really make an argument, like, for almost everyone on this offense to be replaceable. Yeah. It's 
it's okay. sad, but with the exception of like, you could even say Danny's replaceable. With the exception of Danny, Saquon, and Shepard, I mean, and maybe Gates and Thomas, who who are you handing a job to? No one. I, I don't. I think that everybody probably on this offensive unit can use some competition. Yeah, I hope we stick with uh, Gates at center. I mean, if we if we move him and, and they have a plan for it, that's fine. But I I think keep him at center, let him develop some more, and and be a top ten tight uh, center in this league. You know. I agree. I I would like to keep him there, but it's nice to know that he can play the right guard and right tackle position as well. Yeah. Um, I just, I worry about that right tackle position, man. Like I, I really do. People forget that the blind side's important, but the right sides in this day and age is just as important. You know, teams are literally putting their JJ Watts or TJ Watts on the right tackles for a reason. Um, and Danny has his pocket presence issue. So it, it, we got to We got to take care of our damn quarterback, man. And it's so fucking frustrating because People want to blame this all on Daniel, but like still, still a work in progress on that O-line. That's been an issue since, I don't know, 2014, 2013, I feel like, you know, Eric Flowers obviously didn't work out. Solder didn't work out. I mean, we're looking at these drafts, man. And I mean, like didn't work out and just, well, I think a lot of it comes down to is like, we rode with flowers for too long too. And shame on the Giants for not trying him out of guard because obviously we saw as dumb as Flowers is and as bad as he was, somebody was able to get in his ear and let him play guard. He got paid in Miami too. He was shit this year, whatever. Still got paid and he played good for the Browns. Great. Browns? Uh, uh, who did he play? So. Skins. 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 Yeah, I knew he played with the Red Teams. But I, was yeah, um, I was thinking the – what's that coach's name? Guy I wanted the O-line Tell coach. Him. He was the Redskins. He was the Redskins' uh, interim coach, the O line guru from Dallas that Jason Garrett hates. Uh, Callahan. Yeah, Callahan. Callahan. Um, you know, he was able to get in Eric Flowers' ear. So, as much as uh, I hated Eric Flowers, we we might have not set him up to be successful. He he wasn't a worker though. And oh opinion, yeah, you know he he just. He was a bad draft pick. Oh, There's yeah. no way around it. Oh yeah, but you gotta you gotta work with what you got, and we didn't. Yeah, true. Um, and it screwed the end of Eli's career, mm-hmm. and we're kind of back to deja vu with Daniel Jones. Like Daniel's getting what Eli got at the end of his career. Yep. Um, and this team's not going to go anywhere until we get that O line fixed. Hopefully, we're we're close. I I, I think we are, but. We'll see. Yeah. I think Thomas is due for a breakout year this year. Thomas, I'm happy about Thomas, man. Yeah, I mean, he's, he kind of struggled to start, but he's he's going to be a, a, a fixture on this line for years, I think. Yeah. Um, but, again, we can't just let these guys go either. Um, something the Giants have struggled with for years is O-line depth. And, uh, again, we had no injuries last year, and our O-line was still bad. Imagine it with injuries. Um, so I, I'm not really in the business of just letting Solder and Kevin Zeitler just go because contract um, standpoint, you know, I, we need those guys. We do. As, do as bad can, as Solder is, we, we, we're probably going to have to plug him at right tackle. Yeah. 
Do you think we can rework Zeitler's contract? Do you think he would? Yeah, we would have to push the money down the line. Yeah. Um, he would have to sign an extension, which I'm fine with, dude. Like, we need that consistency. Um, i rather have Zeitler, Lemieux, and Hernandez than just Lemieux and Hernandez for cheaper purposes. Right. I agree. Um, you got to protect Danny, man. You got to protect Danny. And you know what? It's just like, it's just like Will Hernandez on the left side. You put a good, uh, a good right tackle next to Kevin Zeitler, you're going to see better play from Kevin Zeitler, right? Um, Fleming was terrible, horrible. He was literally there because he was a Garrett guy and a Colombo guy. Um, he won't be back. Can't imagine. No. But we got to be creative, man. We got no money. Well, there'll be ways to work it around, I think. Um, we'll probably talk about that a little bit later. Back you want to jump to 2017? Well, I, one other thing I wanted to point about with the, the 2016 draft. Uh, fifth round, we took Paul Perkins. I'm not saying that the Giants would have done this, but 16 picks later, Tyreek Hill went. The whole league's laughing at that one. Yep. I mean, I know there were some character stuff. I think he was kicked off the team or something in college. So there were issues there, but man, you know, Tyreek Hill in the fifth round. Uh, actually, it's sixth round, I think, at that point. Uh, that's a miss. You know, that's, that's something a lot of people probably wish they did something different there. Oh, yeah. I mean, we could definitely use his his services right now. Rashard Higgins went in the fifth, too. Yeah. I'm a big Rashard Higgins guy. The guy steps in for Odell and um, Jarvis when either one of them go down in, in Cleveland, and, and he puts up numbers. I'd like to take a shot on him as a, a cheap free agents contract. Um, yeah, I'd be fine with it. You know, and then the draft kind of just goes to shit. After yeah. That. After you know, that, Jarrell Adams in the sixth, the JPP of tight ends. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not losing sleep over any of these guys after, after the sixth round. It is funny. Here's another guy that's still on our roster. Kyle Murphy. OT. Is that him? Yeah. Is that the same guy. Okay. Yep. He's I thought the, it was, I thought it was funny looking at the 2016 and the 2017 Mr. Irrelevance, and I mean they, neither of them played at all. Callan Reed, never heard of him. Yep. But then we, I just my point with that is, is we get Tay Crowder, and I think he's gonna be a fixture on this defense for a couple of years. I think he can, can play for us. Yeah, you know it's funny. I, you know, I don't know how big you are with PFF. I do like to look at PFF for certain things, but they actually had Tay as our lowest graded player on the entire team. Really? Which I didn't know that. Outrageous. Yeah. And I think a lot of it had to do with when he got hurt because mm-hmm. his snap counts went down. But I mean, yeah, dude, he filled in perfectly. I, I mean, we good. found our fit there. We were talking about BJ Hilson or BJ Goodson in the linebacker position earlier. I mean, I think we're set with Blake and him there. Um, finally, like, finally have linebackers and then you have your depth and mayo you know mayo could be another guy who's a cut casualty Um, but we could probably still use another inside linebacker i don't think Devontae downs is anybody that we want to get excited about um (laughs) but again you know we've been looking for two starters there for a long time we finally got a rookie and a superstar so i think we're 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 good there um from a defensive standpoint, it's really just about locking up our guys and 
you know, I, I'm not really sweating the cornerback two position as much as a lot of people are. I don't know about you, you know. Um, Sam Beal's out there, but, you know, something we've seen with the Patriots way in the last couple of years is, you know, they like to build on the outside, but you're not going to see big stars on the outside of the, the defense. Yeah. Um, we got our stars in Logan. We got our star in Bradbury. I'm not going to be shocked if we don't really address that second cornerback two position in free agency. Um, I think they're going to do a plug and play there. I'm not opposed to seeing what Julian Love has there too. You know, I, I thought he played pretty good towards the end of the year there. Julian yeah. Love's an interesting one, man. You know, I, I was firm believer that he was a safety only. I was I thought he was too slow to be a corner, but then you're right. He showed up at the end of the year. So we have no room at safety for him. So I guess that's where he's kind of got to go. And if he's, he could take that part, that'd be awesome. Um, I believe, and I don't know if it's this year or next year, you know, Logan Ryan's been talking about recruiting players. Adoree Jackson for the Tennessee Titans is his contract's coming up soon. I'm hoping that Logan Ryan goes out and gives him a call. Yeah. I think it's next year. He's a free I think, agent. I think so too. Um, yep. But that might be another, another spot for us to fill, but I don't think they're going to spend on CB2, man. I really don't. You know, they, they went out and traded for Yadam last year. I, I see us going a similar route. Um, you can cover up and disguise weaknesses with good safety play and, you know, good slot play. And pressure. Um, you know, if we can get some more pressure this year, then that, I think that CB2 position doesn't isn't as important. Yeah. What are you feeling about the edge position? I mean – I don't like these free agents. I don't either. And I don't like these draft picks. Like you said earlier, I want fact back, but like, I don't think, I don't think Patrick Graham has a problem with having a um, committee there. Mm -hmm. It's like a running back committee. Like the Patriots are kind of known to have a committee edge rushers. They never really had like a stud. Um, It it makes, yeah, it makes sense that they're going to, invest in the safeties and the line and kind of have committees at the cornerback and edge positions, which is kind of ass backwards to the rest of the league. But I don't, I don't really hate the thought of it. The problem with free agency too is, I mean, you have Shaq Barrett, you have Bud Dupree, uh, big clowny, but you're going to overpay for any of those. You're going to pay a lot for any of those guys right now. Yeah, I mean, we went through it last year, right, with Yannick. Everybody wanted Yannick. We saw he, how he turned out. He wanted 20 mil last year, and he – I mean, he's not going to even get close to that on the market this year. Um, I just – give me a fat girl and give me some rooks, man. But I will say, like, we got fucked at the edge position at the end of the year. Um, Carter Coughlin, great guy. Cam Brown, great guy. Good rookies, but they're just depth guys at the end of the day. Um, I think Cam Brown can be a guy that can step up and be an edge rusher. Carter Coughlin's probably going to be a situational guy, but when we had those two kind of starting at the end of the year, we definitely saw a drop off in our pass rush. I agree. Um, Fackrell, Fackrell's injury hurt us. Um, yeah. A lot of people hated that signing because of the dollar amount, but I mean, he did what was asked. He, I think he had a couple turnovers and a couple TDs. Yeah, he, I know I he had at least one TD. Against Dallas, too, I think. Yeah, and there's a couple strips. So um, I'd love to have him back in the rotation, but we're definitely going to have to invest there somehow, some way. I just don't know how they're going to do that. I'm wondering if it's like a second or third round pick or something like that. I mean, there there is talent out there. It's just finding it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, 
this staff is different than anything we've had. So I trust them. It's, it's kind of like with, um, with Xavier McKinney last year, they had no, no plans of drafting him zero, but he was just sitting there on their board at, at in the second round and he was way too high to pass on. So I think that's the approach we're going to see with this team. We're going to get back to taking BPAs. I think scouting is going to be so important this year too, with weird pro days and the combine, not really a thing. Yep. So the teams that have, the superior scouting departments and, and, you know, judge someone who's going to do their homework. I think this draft is something that we can really benefit with. And even having those leader picks, maybe, you know, with, with trading people, we're going to, we're going to get some good, good people. Yeah. Okay, guys, this is the end of the part a we'll get part B up in a few minutes. Thank you so much for listening.